Y'all join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do want to give you praise. We want to give you honor that uh, without you, Jesus, we are uh, lost. Thank you for coming to us, for dying for us. And give us a greater sense and faith and love of what you give to us. And it is life. It is life in abundance. And not just life past the grave, but life in the here and now that we can we can live into your love, into your grace, and we can know that it is amazing amidst challenges, tough times, suffering, you are there, and the grace is still amazing. By the power of your spirit, let us, uh, let us see that and know that. Thank you again for these that are here. Speak to us now by your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all. Have a seat. Uh, you know, I love that song. Uh, Chris and our worship team have led us uh, in that song. Uh, really, it was every Sunday during Lent, and now after Easter. You know, I, I like to say Easter is not a day. Easter is also a season, uh, 40 days leading up to Pentecost. But Easter is also a life, uh, and that song speaks so much of, of what we have in the amazing grace uh, that Jesus gives to us. Uh, in these... Uh, I don't know, five or six weeks after Easter, we are doing a series, and we call this series, How Do I Know God? Like, how do I know God? And then also, you could do a play on that, that even if you know God, you could say, how do I know, comma, God, for all us English majors, as in like, how do I know, God, uh, that this suffering is going to be for your good and your glory? How do I know, God, uh, that these tough times... Uh, that you're there. How do I know God? Uh, so if you would uh, turn uh, with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, throughout this series, we're, we're going through Paul's letter uh, to the church in Ephesus to Ephesians. And we've looked at this the last two Sundays. And today, uh, really, I want us to see that God's Word, uh, what it tells us, is amazing. It's amazing. We've highlighted that word already in song. We will in the sermon. But what God's word tells us is amazing. There are amazing depths. And I don't say that as in like deep. I mean like going down and down is bad. Amazing heights, amazing grace, and an amazing work. And, and I pray for us that when we look into God's Word, whether you're new to it or whether you've spent your life studying, it continues to be amazing because it is. Because it is. The Gospel is. So Ephesians uh, 2, we're going to read verse 1 through 10, but before we do that, um, does anybody know, and I, I'm sure some do, anybody know the highest point of elevation, so the highest mountain in the lower 48? Anybody want to give a, a shout-out guess? It would be a mountain, obviously. So Mount... All right. Somebody said Whitney? Did you say that, Dad? No, you didn't. I didn't think you did. Okay. Uh, sorry. Dad gets picked on today. Uh, somebody, I heard Whitney. Mount Whitney. Right, we got some Californias in the house. Mount Whitney is 14,500 feet. I always thought Colorado, Montana, but it's in California. 14,500 feet is the highest mountain in the lower 48. Uh, now, what is interesting is 80 miles southeast of Mount Whitney, 80 miles, is Death Valley, which is the lowest point 
in the lower 48 of 280 feet below sea level. So in a very short distance, you get the highest to the lowest. And I say that because that is exactly what Paul does uh, in this passage, Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 10. He shows us the lowest and takes us to the highest. But let's read. Starting in verse 1, Ephesians chapter 2. Paul writes, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In that passage, those ten verses, Paul takes us from the lowest to the highest. Uh, And first, he begins with amazing depths. Amazing depths. He starts off, we are dead in our sin. Amazing depths. Uh, Tim Keller, uh, a pastor, preacher that that I admire, uh, his his preaching and his writing. He said, if you think you're just not that bad, uh, then grace is not that powerful in your life. Uh, You have to see uh, your need for a savior and know that you're in need of saving. And I think that's so true. And look, that, that is a way that I have lived and a way that I fight against right now because I, I think of our, our kind of Bible Belt culture, honestly. That I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not that bad. Not that bad. And when you think like that, the grace, the amazing grace, it, it's not that powerful. Because you're like, I'm not that bad. Uh, Paul clears it up for us in saying that uh, you are dead. You are dead in your trespasses and your sins. Now, I would ask uh, this question. Uh, how can you be dead and alive at the same time? Because, I, I mean, I, I think I'm alive right now. I mean, y'all are alive. I and mean, we're, we're, we're living, so how can you be dead and alive at the same time? Well, you're dead in your soul uh, in one way. Another way is that uh, you're alive to disobedience and dead to obedience. Another way is that uh, you're alive to rebellion and you're dead to surrender. Uh, Life without Christ is a living death. That's part one of the gospel. It's, It's hard, but it's a hard truth, and it's hard to hear. Uh, Paul goes on, verse 2 and 3, and he says, more hard truth here, that we are under the sway, uh, if, we're, if we're dead, 
We're under the sway of three things. The world, the devil, and the flesh. Pick up these in verse 2 and 3. He says, the world, the prince of the power of the air, and our flesh. We're under the sway or under dominion of, of those three things. Uh, the world, in verse 2, uh, that word actually in, in Greek, don't check out, it's not too deep for you, is, is literally cosmos. That's where we get the word cosmos. Every time that word is used in the New Testament, there is a connotation of evil. Evil. Uh, I was talking with a bellwether leader just this week, uh, and they said, you know, you can't be a friend of the world and a friend to God. Uh, how true. How true. So one thing that you're under the sway of, under the dominion of, is, is the world. Another thing is the devil. The prince of the power of the air, that would be the devil, under his sway. And then the other one is the flesh. Our flesh, our, our desires. We have this innate sin in us. So, the world has dominion over us from without. The flesh has dominion over us from within. The devil has dominion over us from beyond. Again, hard truth. Again, amazing depths. Amazing depths. We don't like to hear this. And in all honesty, many pulpits are silent of it. It's called the doctrine of total depravity. Now, I always say this. You know, there's a, always a lot worse that we can be. And humans are, are capable of great good, as we're going to see later. I mean, we're created in the image of God. But life without Christ, you're lost. You're lost. Another quote. John, I'm actually going to throw a lot of quotes here today. John Piper, uh, another preacher, writer I admire, said, uh, Jesus didn't come to save us because we were in the doghouse with God. We're in the morgue. Okay? Jesus didn't come to save us because we're in the doghouse. We're in the morgue. Uh, not a quote, but a movie. I love movies. Uh, who here has seen uh, Sixth Sense? Sixth Sense? Seen it? A few folks, a few folks. So for those of you who had not seen it, I'm about to ruin it for you. Seriously. Um, but look... Look, fair enough, it was, it's 16 years old, so you've had time. But, uh, you know, the premise, what's the premise of the sixth sense? What's, what's the big, he's dead and he doesn't know it. I don't know, spoiler alert, there's it. it's been 16 years, folks. He's dead and he doesn't know it. That can be us. That can be us. We're dead and we, we don't know it. Amazing depths. Then, though, I love verse, uh, verse 4, the beginning. But God, now the news only gets better. Amazing depths. Paul takes us from Death Valley to the highest of mountains, the amazing heights of what we have in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 4. But God, rich in mercy, verse 5, made us alive. That in Christ you're no longer dead. You're alive, fully completely, totally, forever. The amazing heights. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him. Uh, another quote or another story. Uh, a guy I admire, and nobody really knows uh, about him. This guy named Charles Fuller. He uh, had a big influence on Billy Graham, was a mentor of Billy Graham. So before there was Billy Graham, Billy Graham Ministries, Charles Fuller, uh, in the early 1900s, he was really the, the, the first guy who would, 
do radio uh, and speak uh, into really the, the whole nation about uh, Christ and, and using media. He was from Los Angeles. He founded Fuller Seminary, uh, this guy Charles Fuller. He had uh, what I call a, a sledgehammer uh, salvation experience. I always say you can be saved irrigation or sledgehammer. And uh, so he just you know, got walloped by God, and his life was transformed. And so there's a quote I read this week. Charles Fuller, to his wife, said, My life has been completely changed. Amen. My life's been completely changed. I went into Los Angeles, and I heard a sermon by a guy named Paul Rader. And it was on Ephesians 1.18. And he said, I now only want my life to be used for God if he chooses to use it. And the purpose of my life is no longer the making of money, but it is in service to God. A life change. Alive. Alive. And he went on again to uh, start many radio ministries, have an impact on Billy Graham's life, start Fuller Seminary. God did choose to use him in powerful, powerful ways. Amazing heights. And for that man, it was only through a sermon that God chose to use. Amazing heights. Look what Paul tells us, though. But God made us alive, in verse 5. That word, or those words originally in the Greek, literally mean raised. Raised. Uh, There's a reason, those of y'all that don't know, our mission statement is raising leaders who raise families, who raise the kingdom. It begins in a life change, knowing you're dead to sin and becoming alive fully to Jesus Christ by His power of salvation in the work of the Holy Spirit. Amazing heights. But look more. Verse 6 says, And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A lot of times, y'all may have read this, and you just glance over that, okay? Raised us up with him, seated with him in the heavenly places. It says heavenly places. What that means is, in your salvation, the heights are more amazing than you realize it. You're having experiences and tastes of heaven right now. It's not just when you get there post this earthly death. It is now. You have tastes and senses of heaven. You're like, why do you say that? The Bible says that. I didn't just say that. Did you say that again? Raised us and seated us with him. This is all pre-earthly death. In the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. So in coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace towards us in Christ Jesus. His grace. His grace happens before he returns. And Jesus is returning. His grace happens at His return. His grace happens after His return. And His grace will continue in all ages. We do not know. We do not know. In the buckle of the Bible Belt culture, the amazing heights of salvation in Christ. We don't know it. And I want to get it. I want to to taste it. I want to sense it more and more. I want that for this church, for this city. The, The heights are amazing. They're higher than than we can ever fathom. Right now. Right now in salvation. But Paul goes on from amazing depths to amazing heights to the words of the song, amazing grace. Verse 8 and verse 9. I know many who this is their favorite verse in Scripture because it's really the gospel in a nutshell. Let me read it. For grace you have been saved through faith, 
not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so no one may boast. Let me be real clear on this. I get asked this a lot. How can one be saved? How do you get those amazing heights? Let me be clear. Three things these two verses spell out. First, not by works. Not by what you do. Here's what happens. I do this. Uh, probably many of y'all do this. It's like we love God and we say, we say to God, God, you're a terrific person and I don't believe a word you say. You're like, I, I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. You do. I do that. Here's what I mean. God says, you are not saved by your works. And I continually try to save myself by my works by how much I pray, by how many groups I'm a part of or lead, by how many mission trips I go on. I do that without even realizing it. God said, you're not saved by that. You're a great God, but I don't really believe you. My life says that. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's what we say to God. God, you're awesome. You're terrific. I just don't believe what you say. We're not saved by our works first. We're saved by grace. And you're like, what is grace? We just sang about it. It's kind of nebulous, grace. What is grace? Grace is this. Unmerited favor to undeserving people. Let me say that again. What is grace? Unmerited, so you don't deserve it, favor to undeserving people. Unmerited favor to undeserving people. Tell you a story that really highlights grace. True story. Uh, Now, I love uh, my country. I love the South. I love America. But also, I love England. I mean, I I just just love... Some of y'all may hate England. I I just love England. I love London. I love that culture. I love... I mean, I'd say I could live there. I just probably couldn't once I get there. But anyway, I love, love just looking, you know, British, we watched a British movie this week. It was, I guess it was, it was Bridget Jones' Diary. Anybody seen that? Don't go see it anyway. But uh, it's kind of bad. But it, it was like set in London. I was like, I just love the accent. I just love it. Anyway, true story. Church in uh, London. And they had the service. And then uh, two men, uh, along with many others, came down, knelt at the altar, prayed together. These two men... One was a judge, very respected in society. The other was a former burglar who the judge had convicted and sent to prison. He'd gotten out, and this church, wonderful church, very diverse, because you have former uh, folks in prison and highly respectable folks in society. So great church, they're all worshiping. And they knelt together at the altar, side by side, praying to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The judge was walking out with the pastor. The pastor said, Man, wasn't it amazing, you know, that man that you convicted so many years ago? He's come to Christ. He's here at church. Isn't it awesome? The judge said, yes, it is awesome. And then he said, he started tearing up, and he said, did you see that man? He was saved by grace. And the pastor said, yeah, I know. I mean, he, you know, had been so bad, and he was a burglar. He said, no, I'm not talking about him. He said, I'm talking about me, the judge. He said, you know, I grew up, and I was taught to read the Bible. And I grew up, and I was taught to pray. And I grew up, and I was taught to go to church. And I grew up, and I was taught to go down the line for communion. And then I went to Oxford, the other Oxford. And I went to Oxford, just seeing if you're with me. And then I took the bar and became a judge and became respectful in society. And it's only by the grace of God that I'm saved. That's knowing grace. 
It takes meekness to really get the grace of God. It's not by your works. Saved by grace. Through faith. Paul picks up. Saved by grace through faith. Through faith. Now what is faith? Faith is this. Faith is belief plus trust. It's easy to say, well, I I believe in God, believe in Jesus, believe. Faith is belief plus trust. Tell you a quick story to highlight this, okay? There was a dude named uh, Blondin. Like, blonde hair, blonde in. Blonde in. He was a Frenchman, so his real name was like Jean-Francois something. I like France too. But anyway, Jean-Francois something. But he was an acrobat, and so his stage name was Blondin. Google this dude. Impressive guy. His deal was that he would walk across a tightrope over Niagara Falls. Okay? This tightrope was about 1,100 feet long, uh, 200 feet up in the air above Niagara Falls. And what he would do, you know, crazy stuff, like he literally took a a stove as he was going across the tightrope and cooked an omelet over Niagara Falls. True story. Google the guy, okay? Uh, He blindfolded, uh, pushed a wheelbarrow across the tightrope over Niagara Falls. True story. Uh, In the middle of the tightrope one time, he uh, balanced himself on his head over Niagara Falls. And then he carried uh, another person on his back across the tightrope over Niagara Falls. Uh, Blondin, his name, check him out. So he carried this person over the tightrope. He got to the other side, and everybody applauded him, and like, that was great. And then he asked somebody, he said, do you believe that I can do that? Like, yes, you just did it. And then Blondin said, well, hop on. He said, not in your life. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That is how we live, often, in our Christian faith. We believe, and God says, hop on. No thanks. We don't trust God with our lives. Real faith is belief Plus trust. I I see so many people, I talk to so many people, and they're like, hey, I got my belief card that is my insurance card to get me into heaven. And sometimes I question, like, I mean, this is just me talking, it's not scripture. Sometimes I'm like, man, is it it real faith? Because real faith, you you give your life, you hop on. You give your life. I trust you, God. Here is my life. How's one saved? Not by what we do. Grace and then faith that is belief plus, plus trust. And then the last thing, this passage, amazing depths, amazing height, amazing grace, finally, an amazing work. Verse 10, an amazing work. One of my, this is one of my favorite verses in Scripture. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Workmanship, that one word, in its original meaning, it literally means a poem. The Greek word is poema. It's where we get our word poem. It means work of art, a masterpiece. Amazing depths, amazing height, amazing grace. And now you are, in Christ Jesus, an amazing work. This is my uh, son Jack's eighth birthday. And so I always think back to the moment he was born. He was my first son. So, you know, the pride of a dad. And, you know, here comes Jack. And, you know, I, I, was, I was the first one to, uh, uh, to hold him. I'm sorry about that. You know, I got to hold him, and, and I, remember, I remember looking in his eyes, like, if you know Jack, he's like, you know, he's, 
He's just full of this energy. Even that moment, he's like, he's just looking around, and the eyes were open, and he's like, what, what's going on? And we got some doctors, you know, in here, and uh, y'all probably know a lot more. Y'all do know a lot more than me, but, you know, they say that, you know, what happens in, in an instant, in, like in a millisecond, from those, those first visions, um, from like the, I think it's the cornea to the retina, not a bio major or anything like that, but, you know, goes to the eyes, and they're like 125 million nerve endings going to the brain, and then it connects to the brain. And all that happens in less than a second. It is amazing, an amazing work. Each life in the image of God, how God has, has knit us together. Uh, St. Augustine, famous Christian. Uh, many say uh, the most famous Christian who is not, uh, did not have any writings in Scripture. He said, men and women, but men go to gaze at the mountains and the waves of the sea to see the long reach of the rivers, and yet there is no wonder at all at themselves. God's greatest creations, a, a human being, a life. But if you're a Christian, you experience two creations. Let me say it again, two creations. When you're born, but a new creation in Christ Jesus. And let me say that that creation, the salvation creation, the life in Christ discovering the amazing heights and the amazing grace to be an amazing work, that is more important than the initial creation of life. Another great Christian thinker, writer, preacher, Jonathan Edwards, said the spiritual conversion that you reach in Christ Jesus is so much more important than your physical life and being. I would say amen to that. Amen. Because you have life Forever, and you have abundant life in the present. And that amazing work begins. And it is an amazing work. Michelangelo, last quote, he said, uh, he said when he was sculpting, it's like, what are you doing? He said, I'm liberating an angel from this stone. It's what God is doing in your life when you find life in Jesus Christ. You have, all of you, an eternally set job description. Uh, that includes the task and the ability and the place. And it is set. And it is an amazing work that God has for you. And you need to hear this. Yet it only begins when you discover the amazing heights by the amazing grace in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to close with three questions. I'd love for you to think of all of them, but if you just zone in on one of them, that's fine too. But three questions. First, do you believe this? That's a big question. Do you believe this? Do you believe, starting out, that you're dead in sin? That there are an amazing depths? There are amazing heights, but there are amazing depths. Do you believe this? Second question. Are you earning your way to God? Say it again. Are you earning your way to God? Translate. What besides Jesus Christ are you using to save yourself? What besides Jesus are you using to save yourself? That you're a good person, you're a respectful citizen, uh, you're a good mom, you're a good dad, you're a good coach, you're a good, you're a good person. What besides Jesus are you using to save yourself? And last, for those of you who have amazing grace, are you really living as a masterpiece? Are you living your life as a masterpiece? That's how God sees you. That's what we want for you. It is amazing. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you for your amazing word that points us to the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. I pray for my life that I see it more and more amazing and that the people of this church, and whether they call themselves members or they are friends of friends, that they'd see your amazing grace and know that they are an amazing work in this time that that you've placed them. Help us see it now. I pray the power of your spirit anointed on this time as we come to the Lord's Supper. And I pray that we'd see just what you have done for us, the amazing grace. In your name we pray, amen.